Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning and welcome to all you listeners out there in Real Presence Radio Land. This is uh, today's installment of Real Presence Live. My name is Jack Kennelly, and with me is my wife, Doreen. We will be your hosts for today. Good morning. And uh, we've got uh, a beautiful day here in Fargo. I don't know what it's like in the rest of our listening area. My suspicion is, though, that it's probably hot and sunny everywhere else, too. So uh, stand by. It's on its way. So uh, I hope you'll all be prepared. Get uh, Drink plenty of water and find an air-conditioned place. But... Uh, Anyway, I hope you're enjoying your day, and we're hoping that we can add a little bit of uh, fun to it and maybe a little bit of information. And uh, today's, we have kind of a theme going on today, a theme about gardening, and uh, I think it's going to be fun. What do you think, Doreen? (laughs) I think it will will be fun and informative and hopefully inspirational as well. Right. I mean, this is the gardening season. I know that... uh, I have one particular friend, a former farmer, who now is a gardener, and uh, Memorial Day weekend is when he fertilizes his lawn and pretty much uh, gets his garden in. So uh, if you haven't gotten your garden in, I think there's still time for that sort of thing. I hope so. And hopefully, we, we also hope that there will be water for it this summer as well. Right. That, that's looking to be kind of a problem. You know, we talk about the nice, bright, warm, sunny day, and it's like, well, is that a good thing? Mm-hmm. You know, well, we'll enjoy what we're given. Right, yeah. So, anyway, we're uh, we're happy to have you all with us, and uh, I suppose we can uh, just jump right in and introduce our first guest. Why don't you do that, Doreen? All right. I'm happy to introduce Monsignor Gregory Schleschelman from the Diocese of Fargo, an old friend, mentor, and um, and he's here with us this morning to talk about gardening and um, particularly gardening in Scripture, and then a little bit about his personal experience with with some gardening. So welcome, Monsignor. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Would you um, open us with a prayer? Open us with a prayer this morning? Sure, let's do that. Thank you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise and thank you for this beautiful day and the summer of spring and season that reminds us of the newness of life and the freshness of the gift of your love. Help us to grow in wonder and gratitude for the gift of creation and for the blessings that you bestow upon each one of us in this time. Help us to be ever more receptive to the the gift of your providential love in in all ways. And so we pray, entrusting this time to Mary, our mother, as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother Mother of God. God. Pray Pray for for us sinners sinners, now and at the the hour of our death. death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay, thank you, Father. Before we start, I want to tell something about people that's kind of interesting. You and I share basically the same nationality mix. Three-quarters Irish, one-quarter German. That's right. And you're Schleschelman, and I'm Kennelly. 
That's right. You got your name from a German somewhere. A German father. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you got your Irish name from an Irish father. That's right. Anyway, I always thought that was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I'm pleased and entertained quite easily, I guess. <laughs> That's right. Oh, okay. Doreen, do you have a joke before we get going? Oh, I could come up with one. It doesn't have to do with gardening, but it does have to do with summer and hobbies. So, what's the best way to watch a fly fishing tournament? Well, we heard the answer earlier, so we don't want to have too long of a delay. (laughs) Dramatic pause. Yes. Yes. By live stream. Drum (laughs) roll, please. That's right. (laughs) Okay, let's get going. All right, let's do that. Yes. Okay, so, Monsignor, would you... um, you're going to talk to us about gardening and scripture mm-hmm. and um, kind of the meaning behind it and, and what it does, you know, what its message is for, for us and application to, to our lives. So. Sure. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a rich theme, actually, in scripture. Uh, the garden shows up in a number of different really significant moments in the history of salvation. And, uh, and I think it's worth pondering that, the fact that the location and the place where God accomplishes the work of our of our salvation is he chooses it to to be in a garden i mean the obvious first place is the garden of eden where he plants himself the the text tells us he plants this garden and places a man in the garden and settles him even further down in the text he settles him in almost as though to say um he he roots him in the mystery of this place because of course the gift of creation is a mystery uh, and he orders it. He he. It's in in a state of harmony in the beginning, um, and he charges uh, man. He charges Adam with the the task of cultivating and caring for the garden. And it's a it's a that's also worth I think definitely pondering is that that's one of the first things that the Lord asked of humanity is to cultivate and care for the garden that he was placed in. And so Adam is is already before the fall is is given with Eve this this marvelous opportunity to cooperate with the Creator and work in harmony with with uh, with creation and in the context of this garden that is their home. So before the excuse me before the fall, there's still that commission to work. Yes. And um, and. Can you say a little bit about what that work would have looked like compared to the work that would have happened after the fall, just briefly? Well, cultivating, I mean, you know, the obvious sense of cultivate is to, is to use the gifts of nature to produce food, fruit and vegetables, those kinds of things, um, but also to care for it, to, to use human reason to recognize the various needs of nature and to be a good steward. And the work that Adam and Eve would have done before the fall would have been easy. It would have been, they would have recognized clearly what they were called to do, and they would have found that work to be enjoyable, peaceful, you know, life-giving. Uh, it would have been something that would have come, as we, as we say, very naturally, mm. um, very supernaturally, but very naturally. So, uh, of course, that all changed at the fall. Um, work became burdensome and and suffering was introduced because as a consequence and and yet still the the call to continue that initial mission um did not go away um just like our our human nature was not fundamentally corrupt but was wounded by original sin well adam and eve still had this this charge from the lord to 
to cultivate and care for uh, the place that they found themselves. Now, of course, they were they were sent out of the garden um, to the east. The text tells us uh, of the Garden of Eden, and uh, and then further on down in the in throughout the Old Testament, there are key moments where that garden resurfaces, and it resurfaces in the context of, for example, in the book of in the prophet Isaiah of a promise to restore Israel to the garden, to, to, the, to that initial, you know, joy of, of living in the Garden of Eden. Um, it also becomes the, the image of the place of intimacy in the Song of Songs between a husband and a wife, which, of course, is the analogy of the, the intimacy, the marital union between God and the people of, his, of the chosen race, the, the chosen people. And so, so harmony, would that desire and that experience of harmony. Yes, yes. Harmony that goes along with union, that, mm-hmm. that is a part of, of that union, which, of course, communion is being the, the point of everything, including created, the created order, not just human persons or angelic persons, for that matter, uh, but also the whole created order is called to communion and on various levels. And so uh, the Old Testament promises this. It's, it's holding it up as a, as a promise of God's responding to the fall by sending a Savior. And of course, in the life of Jesus, it, it becomes very clear uh, at key moments. He, <clears throat> he goes, especially you know, at, the, at the height of his Paschal mystery, goes to, the, to Gethsemane, which is described as a garden in John, and he engages in the battle between good and evil, and especially the battle around the truth of his identity. And that's why I think the passion of the Christ does a great job to, to depict that artistically, that what's really at stake is, a, is our identity. And Jesus is fighting for our identity as beloved children of the Father that has been destroyed, that has been, you know, and it happens in a garden. And so it comes back to that garden where we were created yes. in place. You're, and you're, even Adam taken out of the dirt. You know, exactly, you know. yeah. You're, and, you're making this garden sound more like a battleground than a pastoral setting. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it's it, well, it is. I mean, as you, if you've done any gardening, you know, there's a little bit <laughs> well, of a battle. Yeah, well, yeah, we got rabbits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and weeds. Yeah, but the uh, and then of course at the resurrection, the tomb is in a garden, and there, for example, Mary Magdalene on Easter Sunday morning, she she meets Jesus and she finds she initially thinks he's the gardener, and you know we tend to think immediately she's mistaken. Of course, it's Jesus, and it, you know, she just doesn't see things. However, uh, I don't think that that's entirely uh, true to the text, because well, what does that really mean for him to be the gardener? I mean, he uses that analogy himself, you know, my father, you know, in pruning vines, you know. So there's this, this image of, of the Lord himself being the one who is the gardener and who transforms the place into a place that's full of life and goodness. And so, um, of course, she is, he reveals himself as he is to her, but it happens in the, in the context of this beautiful garden on Easter Sunday morning. Wow, that same garden where he was laid after he had suffered and, and died. And so, um, can you um, say something about what happens in the planting of a garden? I mean, you know, I'm thinking of the... What, you know, Jesus' pa- words, you know, mm-hmm. less the a passage, grain of wheat. Yeah. yeah, well, there's, yeah, there's this passage from death to life that obviously was primarily uh, lived and experienced in Jesus' own life. 
um, that happens in a garden. Uh, you know, as any gardener knows, you have to prepare the soil. And how do you prepare the soil? You turn it up. You, uh, you make sure that there is, you know, good good ingredients in the soil, so to speak. And, and that means... <laughs> that's a nice way of saying yes. it. Yes. So it's dead material. Right. That's, 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 you know, organic material that is decaying and that provides, releases nutrients into the soil so that the plant, when it is, you know, planted in that soil, begins to draw from that, from that death, if you will, of other plants and other things in order to foster and, you know, have its own nutrition in its own life. So... There's a, there is the definite uh, movement from death to life that is constantly being illustrated in, in the mystery of a garden. You know, Monsignor, as you're talking now, this is kind of going off our, our script, but it's just making me think about preparation for um, receiving the Sacrament of Reconciliation. You know, I have to go and look at that fertilizer. <laughs> I mean, it's dead material. It's stuff that is, it stinks. But... When I walk into the confessional and confess my sins, it's kind of like walking into that garden where the resurrection happened. Yes, it, well, because in a very real way, what happens is you're, you're allowing, the penitent is, as it were, handing over the sin in order that it might die with Christ so that the penitent can rise to new life with him. And that's that's definitely the dynamic that's that's occurring on a spiritual level. Um, and I mean, as St. Paul says, you know, in baptism we died with Christ, so that we might rise. Well, it's baptism, of course, is is the the first paradigm, if you will, of this movement from death to life. Obviously, the sacrament of of penance does that as well, but it happens first at baptism. Right, and then we're given that opportunity, like you said, throughout our lives to. Um, bring that back consciously. Bring mm-hmm. it back, and I, I tell you, I, I, I'm going to be going back to our garden in the backyard with a whole different attitude, with all this spiritual stuff going on that I wasn't aware of before. <laughs> and that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is yeah. a good thing. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll be more careful about uh, you know what I say back there when I <laughs> when the rabbits show up and things like that, because there's there's a spiritual activity going on that I don't want to. You know, uh, diminish in any mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, uh, we're coming up on a break here, so uh, we want to thank our listeners for joining us. We're talking with Monsignor Schlarschelman of the Diocese of Fargo, and we're talking about, I guess we can say, the spiritual aspects of gardening, which mm-hmm. has been really kind of interesting, and there's more to come on the other side of the break. So stay with us, and we will be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Father Tim Smith from Holy Cross Catholic Church in Ipswich. You're invited Saturday, June 5th for all-day Eucharistic adoration, a Eucharistic miracles exhibit, and solemn mass of the most holy body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, Corpus Christi, at 7.15 p.m. with an outdoor Eucharistic procession to follow. You can get more information about this event at www.holycrossipswich.org. God bless you, and praise be Jesus Christ. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. 
Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA, or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701 701- Two nine zero four five zero three. Let's get started. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision provides eye exams for the whole family and specialty services like vision therapy and custom contact lenses. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Moto Eyewear, which gives away a pair of glasses to a child in need for every frame sold. We are so grateful for your support and grateful to be supporting RPR. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Okay, we're back with more inspiration and more uplifting to be had here, according to the lead-in there. Uh, this is Real Presence Live with Jack and Dreen Canelli, your host. We're talking with Monsignor Schleschelman, and we're talking about gardening and I'm sorry, Monsignor, we forgot to establish your uh, your credentials uh, <laughs> on this topic. Are you a gardener? <laughs> I, yeah. No, I read about it in a book one time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No. I've um, as a child, I didn't do too much gardening. I did a lot of lawn cutting and raking of leaves, which I didn't consider gardening. But it was when I started teaching um, after college that uh, I was teaching in Napa, California. And uh, intrigued by uh, the the wine making business and vineyards and such, and started. I sorry, planted vineyard, uh, a small vineyard, as well as a vegetable garden uh, along with it, and that got me going. And anytime and every, everywhere that I've been able to do it, I've continued that that practice. So uh, it's been a great. So you could be called a vintner. I could be. I could <laughs> okay. actually. Yes. With yes. a small v. <laughs> right. So. All right. So. Um, just before the break, Jack um, said something about how he's going to approach our little garden in the backyard in a in a different way. And um, can you can you say something, Monsignor, for us about um, why is that a good thing to, you know, it's not just a garden, but there's there's more given to us in that. Well, yes, I think um, I think there's a couple things that, that we could think about. First of all, I do think that it's good to consider the space. The place where I go to garden, to be um, to recall the scriptural references, to to remember that the Lord began this process by planting Adam and Eve in a garden, settling them in the garden, and it's a, I, especially I think going back to that moment of creation, the gift of life, to uh, to be a, attentive to that mystery that's still unfolding because. Obviously, new life comes, you know, hopefully, you know, when you plant cherry tomatoes, you hope that uh, <laughs> cherry tomatoes, you know, the plant produces the fruit. Um, 
And so it's, it's good to be conscious of that, you know, as you're sitting there working with the soil or watering or whatever it is that you might be doing in the gardening process, uh, to be conscious of that, the presence of God, really, uh, in, in, what, in what he intended the garden to mean. And to just simply even ask for the Holy Spirit to enlighten, you know, like, well, what, what, is, what does the Lord see when he looks at my garden? You know, and it could be on the practical level, like, yeah, there's some weeds in the back corner there. You better get those as well as, you know, just uh, it can be a place of encounter, uh, a place of uh, experiencing the, the power of creative love in a, in a new way. So it's rich with potential of, um, of goodness that, that the Lord holds in store for us in the garden. I do think that there are, a, it's good for us because we need this direct experience with nature. We, we, I think especially in this modern world where we're increasingly um, separated from the natural order of things, that it's good for our souls. It's good for our, we need that experience that to encounter life that I don't control, that I don't, that I'm not the master of, that clearly and obviously the Lord is the one who designed it. I didn't, I didn't design cherry tomatoes or kale or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Uh, the Lord is the one who came up with this incredible diversity of life that has its purpose innately given to it. It's not like I'm giving it a purpose. It's, it's, it already has it. And I think that, that experiencing that and yet there's so many examples of people who, for example, have not had that experience in their lives, and then one day are introduced into the, light, the world of nature, if you will. And, and almost, I almost want to say universally, you know, experience an uplift and an encouragement. You know, so many people love the outdoors. Well, the reason is, is because it puts us in contact with this mystery of life that God is the origin of. And so that's the first thing. That, and I think that it fosters a, a sense of wonder and amazement at the mystery of life. The second thing that I think, the second grace, if you will, is that it also fosters humility. It helps us to recognize that we're not the masters of this universe, that the Lord has placed us here. He has the one, he's the one who's designed it. He's the one who understands it. And there's much that we do not know, much that we don't understand. You know, we tout science as being very advanced, and that's, in many respects, that's true in our day and age, but it's also a quite, uh, you know, quite a, quite a small, partial view of the totality of the truth of this cosmos. And, and we need that humility. We need the humility before the mystery of, of creation that we don't know everything, and, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but it also invites us to want to know, to understand. Mm-hmm. And I've had that experience many times in gardening. I, like, I want to under, I want to read up on. So, how does that work actually? Like, what's the what's the nitrogen cycle in the soil, or, or what? Why does a vine need this kind of tending in order to be, you know, at its most fruitful? So, that humility, I think, is a really good thing. But also, I think it also helps us to be patient. It fosters the virtue of patience. Um, it's not instant. You can't plant seeds and then expect the fruit right away. And we are such a culture of that, of that you know, I, I, I want it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really healthy for us to wait and to watch and wonder. Like and wonder. And yes, almost, almost like Jesus said, you know, watch and pray. 
Well, yeah, we sh- watching the garden grow and praying as you're waiting for the fruit of it mm-hmm. is, is a really healthy thing for us. You're giving us a real good lead-in to our third guest that we have when we're talking about gardening with children. Yes, yes, and yeah. Nikki will talk well, a little bit yeah, about lot, that, our second yeah, guest Yeah, well. a lot of the same themes are yeah. coming up here. Yeah. I'm thinking of this sacred space. The, uh, another scriptural passage comes to my mind, and that is, you know, you remove your shoes, you're on holy ground, and I'm thinking, should I be gardening and barefooted but that'd be kind of tough to work a shovel i think yeah it would but it's it's <laughs> interesting that you bring that up uh one of the um one of the marvelous poets of the catholic tradition gerald gerald manley hopkins has a poem where he talks about you know feet now shod you know no longer experience mm. and there's something about being barefoot mm-hmm. in the soil mm-hmm. and on grass that helps us to really um, experience more directly, you know? So it's not mediated, but it's a direct human experience. Sure, yeah. Can you say a little bit more about the importance of wonder, Monsignor? Or, or, and then we want, you to, we want you to talk a little bit about your, your gardening experience. Oh, sure, sure. Well, I think, I think the, the importance of wonder is, is uh, maybe, a, maybe the way to say this, it can't be uh, overemphasized. Because it's the beginning of the whole movement to grow in a knowledge of the truth and to embrace it in love, in the spirit of freedom. Um, if we don't wonder, I mean, wonder is, is the characteristic of a child. So children wonder at the most common, ordinary things that we as adults have long ago taken for granted and don't, don't wonder out about we just oh yeah that's that and but a child is amazed and you know uh filled with a, a you know a, a, like it's all new and it is new for them mm-hmm. <clears throat> but i think it's the attitude that that we should cultivate as adults is that in learning from children i mean remembering jesus said unless you become like a child uh you do not enter the kingdom of heaven well if we're if we have lost our sense of wonder it has a way of deadening everything else that follows but when it's rekindled, it allows us uh, to really experience life as it is intended to be experienced. And the, the universe is, is amazing. I mean, it really is. If you stop to wonder simply about the growth of a plant in soil from beginning to at the point of where it produces fruit, uh, it's, it's an amazing process and highly complex and um, just astounding that it would do what it does, mm-hmm. you know. Um, as God designed it. So I think wonder is, but it has to, as an adult, it, it comes less naturally. Technology has a way of diminishing. The, the vast influx of information um, works against our capacity to wonder. And so I think we have to temper our intake of, of technology in order to be able to be more amazed at life. And it seems, it, it seems like it would also increase that second point you said which has to do with humility it seems like they're they're connected so if i'm wondering i'm stepping out of the control you know i'm not behind the wheel i'm and i think and i think that that's that's very important because the the reality is as any gardener knows we're not in control Mm -hmm. you know you can plant things you can hope for the best and you know things very often do not work out the way you thought. That's my gardening <laughs> okay. experience. So we just have a short time, Monsignor, your gardening, your current gardening experience. 
Yeah, well, in the in recent years, I um, so when I was at the seminary, I had a sufficient amount of plot, so I um, connected with NDSU. I did a little experimental vineyard, uh, cold, hardy varieties of vines. I was skeptical at first, but an elderly woman at the at the Newman Center uh, corrected me, and delightfully so, that vines could grow in this climate. You know, being used to seeing them grow in California or Mediterranean-like climates, I was skeptical. So I started to, to grow those vines and um, had that for a good number of years and gave cuttings to a number of people across the city and friends and such. And, uh, and now I've got a little vineyard, now that we're no longer there, I get a little vineyard out, out in the countryside with a friend, and, um, um, but I can't grow any vines. There's no place at Holy Spirit. So <laughs> I'm, maybe when the new Newman is built, I'll, yes. I'll find a little corner and put a, va- a vine back in. Oh, that so, would be beautiful. Yeah. Do we have... Uh, we're, we're coming to the end of our time. Could we ask you, Monsignor, for a quick blessing before yes, you go? Yes, certainly. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we praise and thank you for your goodness. And may the blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come upon all of you and all the listeners now and forever. Amen. amen. And God bless everyone's gardens out there and keep the rabbits out. Yes. yes. <laughs> Any other thing about what, what you've taken away from your experience with planting a vine and then you said you shared cuttings from it that's yes i think well it's a it's it's a great analogy there's so many lessons from the gospel to be learned from vines Mm -hmm. it is it's no it's no surprise that jesus chose that it was their culture but also just enormously rich in in terms of metaphor and, and analogies for us which is the perfect segue to our next guest yes and we will be coming up uh, we've got a break coming up here right now we want to thank our our monsignor for being our guest today this has been a fun uh, half hour and uh, thank our listeners for uh, staying with us and uh, stay with us after the break as well because we've got more gardening coming up we're going to be talking with uh, about the parable of the vine and the branches so uh, stay with us more gardening to come Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 